name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. On a cold day like this, you're supposed to snuggle up. <laughs> so anybody sitting by themselves, this is your chance now. <laughs> oh, we'll pass out. We'll pass out the plans. <laughs> George Cato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy, the readings for today. The readings for today. Your name, your name will be my delight. Hepzibah. Hepzibah. David Hordigan. <laughs> Hepzibah, my friend. The Lord delights in you. The Lord delights in you. Carolyn, the Lord delights in you. All of you, no matter where you're from, where you're going, what you've done right, what you've done wrong, the Lord delights in you. The Lord delights in you. You got a new name today. Kind of a strange one. Look it up. People actually use that as names for their children. I found somebody with that name. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Somebody actually has that name for their name. Hefzibah. The Lord delights in you. That shall be your name. You know, just last week, we heard about the, the baptism of Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming down and anointing him. And, and that voice from heaven that speaks to him and says this wonderful thing to him, his identity. You are my beloved. You're my beloved. With you, I'm well pleased. Well pleased. We want to hear that, right? We want to hear that. We want to hear that the Lord delights in us, that the Lord is well pleased with us, that we are children of God. We want that. And you know, but the problem, I think, for a lot of us is Although we hear these words that we are God's chosen people, that God delights in us, that God is well pleased with us, the normal course of life for us humans is a life of loss, a life of grief, a life of sadness, a life of brokenness, a life that might be a life of despair, and a life where we might lose our hope. Because life happens. Life happens. We might wonder in those places where things aren't going well, well, where's this, where's this voice? Where is this, you delighted me? Where is this, I am your beloved? Where is this, you are my child? Where is this, you are so pleased with me? Where is all this when, when things aren't, aren't going well? Where are you? Where are you? And the prophet Isaiah says, for the sake of Zion, for the sake of those who are lost, lonely, suffering, isolated, and full of despair and lacking hope, for their sake, I will not be silent. I will not be silent. The story of a boy. We'll call him Spartan. <laughs> because that's his name. <laughs> right? That's pretty good. We'll call him Spartan because that's his name. Got it? That's my brother's name. You better be careful. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Thank you, Deanna, for that heads up. Sparky, if you're listening, this is not about you. That was his nickname, Sparky. 
Um, Sparky did not do well in school. Anybody relate to that? <laughs> right? They're just, you know, school is maybe not so much anymore, but at least when I was in school, it was kind of a one-size-fits-all. Right? It's a one-size-fits-all. Here's how we teach. Here's the instruction. Here's the classes. You get in like one hour or hour and 15 minute chunks, right? And, and everybody's process. It's like making sausage or something, right? Supposedly you come out the other end. You survive. You survive. But maybe your experience was it didn't work for you. You're too smart, so you're bored and you act out. Or you can't figure out why this is important, or perhaps you're kind of just a little bit high energy and it's hard for you to kind of sit still, and so you get in trouble and they label you as a bad kid, and you start acting like one because that's what they expect from you, right? All kinds of things can go wrong. All kinds of things. Sparky did not fit in school. He did not fit in school. Turns out in the eighth grade, what we might call like middle school or, or junior high, when I was in school it was junior high, eighth grade, Sparky failed everything. Now that's pretty good to be perfect in your imperfection. Okay? There should be some kind of award for that. Failed every subject. And, and, and I wonder, I wonder about a child in a school system where there's not one teacher, there's not one class, there's not one thing that that child might have had to help succeeded. Failed everything. And I wonder about how that child felt about, you know, sort of internalizing this, that, that you know, they are worthless, that this is hopeless. And I wonder where that voice of God speaking to them, you are my beloved. Oh yeah? Then why this? Then why this? I wonder about that child's suffering, about their self-image. I wonder what the other kids said to Sparky. What was Sparky known as? I wonder. Sparky apparently escaped from junior high because Sparky went on to high school. Having failed everything, still made it on. High school was not good either. Sparky failed Latin. And I'm going, what person put this child in Latin? <laughs> what person did that to this poor child? I don't know. Maybe it's because Sparky also failed English. <laughs> Maybe English was not his first language. Sparky also failed algebra. It seems like anything that you might consider to be a foreign language this poor child cannot do. Sparky's life is a series of failures. A series of failures. Sparky took physics. Anybody take physics? Piece of cake, huh? <laughs> yeah, Sparky took physics. Grade point average in the physics class, zero. Zero. I mean, that's the actual numerical score this child got in a course. Zero. Like, like zero. Like nothing. You know, that might be a world record. Unmatched by anybody else. In the history of all creation, 
Search the universe. You'll never find another being that's taken physics and got a zero for the entire semester. I wonder about Sparky. I wonder about the teachers. I wonder about the kids. I wonder about what this child is, is thinking of themselves. Because, you know, life can be hard on those who don't fit and those who've experienced this kind of continual beatdown and loss. It can be really hard. Really hard. Sparky tried other things. Sparky um, apparently had some golf talent. Don't have to know Latin or physics to play golf. Apparently made it to some kind of almost important match. Almost important match. And lost that. And as these things go, sometimes if you don't make it to the final round, there's a consolation match, right? That's where the losers, right, get together to see who's going to be the the ultimate loser. <laughs> or the best of the least. Right? Sparky lost that one too. Sparky kind of lost everything. Not good in class. Not good at sports really. Sparky was a shy shot. Probably no surprise that Sparky would turn out to be shy and, and, and would have difficulty interacting with other people. Didn't have any friends. Didn't have any friends. And as much as Sparky might have wanted to be in a relationship, he never once asked a girl out. Never once. Because he was awkward and known as being not that bright and, and everything else that kids might say about someone. So he never bothered asking anyone out, even when he wanted to. Because he thought he would be rejected. There was one thing that he really enjoyed, though. And he thought he was pretty good at it. He couldn't do Latin and English and all those things. He couldn't do physics. He was okay at golf, but there was one thing that he really enjoyed and he thought he really had a gift for. He thought he had a gift for That was drawing. Drawing. So um, those of us who were in school, did your school have a yearbook? Okay, the annual yearbook thing? There's a yearbook staff and you know people were invited to be part of that and, and maybe you were, maybe you weren't. Well, at least in his case, he thought he would submit some of his work to be published in the yearbook. So he sent some of his cartoon drawings to the yearbook staff. Guess what happened? Got rejected. Got rejected. That's an awful lot of loss. An awful lot of loss and rejection. And I think our own loss, we think about how life is to us. Because for Sparky, yes, it's still true. Sparky is God's beloved. And God's delight is in Sparta. And life is hard. Life is still hard. See, um, the people that, that Isaiah is talking to, this is not God speaking to Zion. This is, this is the prophet Isaiah. Because God is not speaking here. But the prophet Isaiah says, for Zion's sake, for the sake of God's people who are suffering. Because they've come back from Babylon. And Jerusalem's not being rebuilt. And they don't have the temple. And if they don't have the temple, they believe God is not with them. And things are not going well. And they go, boy, God was angry with us. 
and brought in the Babylonians who destroyed us and took us into exile. And two generations have, have lived outside of God's promised land. And now we're back, and it seems God has still forgotten us. God has still forgotten us. You might have felt that way yourself, that God has forgotten you. Or somebody you know. Or you look around your community, and you go, those people are so beaten down, they might feel like God has forgotten them. And the prophet says, I will not be quiet. For the sake of these people who are suffering, I will remind them that they are God's beloved. They are God's beloved. Our story from the gospel. Here's a wedding feast where there should be great rejoicing. Great rejoicing. And they have a problem. They have a problem. The problem has come to Mary, the mother of our Lord. You might wonder, why did it come to Mary? What people, some people suspect is that well, Mary and Jesus were there and the other disciples because perhaps Mary, Jesus' mom, knows this family. And she might have been the one who was responsible for setting up this banquet. For helping the family with their festivities. And of course, she would be one that you'd want to go to and say, Elizabeth, we've run out of deviled eggs. <laughs> They've run out of wine. They've run out of wine. And that could be something that brings an awful lot of shame upon this family. They've invited all these guests to this wedding feast, and the thing that represents joy and festivity and new life, the wine has run out. Mary will not be silent. For the sake of this family, she will speak up. She turns to the son. And boy, do they get some wine. Not a two and a half liter bottle of ripple. <laughs> he takes these jars and makes the best wine there is. And I, and I love what it tells us in this. That is wine, not grape juice. If you're a grape juice person, that's fine. But this is wine. And people are getting drunk. And Jesus is there. Because he loves to celebrate. He loves to celebrate. And he hears our cry. And Mary, knowing what her son can do, will not be silent. She will do something to help these people in their need before they face this shame, this humiliation, this embarrassment. For their sake, she will be there for them. You wonder what happened to Sparky? See, Sparky eventually graduated from high school. I guess you don't need English and physics. <laughs> Never going to use that anyway. Saw this thing on Facebook this morning about diagramming sentences. Never had to use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sparky eventually made it through high school. And decided that he wanted to be a professional artist. I mean, you get rejected by the yearbook. That's a good sign. <laughs> you want to be artist. So he reached out to the Walt Disney Corporation. 
I mean, somebody that doesn't get their work in the, in the yearbook, of course, that's a reasonable thing for them to do. <laughs> reasonable. Sparky applied to Disney. And they said, well, send us, send us some of your work. Show, show us what it is that, that you can do. So Sparky sent, spent some time doing some drawings and creating some stories with the drawings and, and, and sent this body of work to, um, to the Disney Corporation and got a letter back. Guess what? Got rejected. <laughs> got rejected. Come on, you know the theme here, right? <laughs> right? Got rejected. Yeah, they, Disney didn't want him. So he decided he was going to do his own work. He created a series of cartoons that are autobiographical about a little boy whose kite will never fly and a football he can never kick. Everything goes wrong and that poor child again and again says good grief. Sparky is Charles Schultz and that little boy Charlie Brown is the story of his life. Have you read Charlie Brown? See, I think, what, I think what Charles Schultz did was he took his own brokenness, his own loss, his own rejection, his own failure, and he turned it around. He turned it around. He created a means for reaching out to people through that. Through that. Through that small boy. So those of us who experience that kind of loss and forsakenness can go, well, I get it. Charlie Brown understands what it's like to be like me. And for those of us who have children who just don't kind of fit the one size fits all of school and they're not doing well and don't seem to have a lot of friends and, and they're just, you know, afraid to reach out to that little red-haired girl. <laughs> you know, that's part of the story, right? Charlie Brown always has a on that little red-haired girl, but he, he can never get up the courage to talk to her. That's Charles Schultz. Charles Schultz. So I think all of us can take whatever our hurt is, whatever our loss is, and like Charles Schultz, we can turn it around as a way of connecting with other people who are hurting, of showing them that perhaps they're not alone and forsaken, that this is something that happens to a number of people, that all of us have our woundedness, and for somebody to say that God has forgotten them, you can approach them and go, no, you're not forsaken, you're not forgotten. I'm here. God sent me. I'm here. God sent me. So whatever it is that has happened to you in life, your sadness, your grief, your troubles, your loss, maybe this day, think of that as something you can turn into a gift. A spiritual gift to connect to a world in need. Amen. Amen. Amen.